Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Polly and Brooke Paget. Let's take a moment to hear from our amazing sponsors. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases, and they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGs of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGs of SCI sent you. everybody and welcome back to the Bags of SCI podcast with your hosts Elena Polly and Brooke Paget. Today we've got an excellent topic as we dive into the holiday season. Yes, welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we wanted to bring this topic to our podcast because it is something that there's a, there's a decent amount of, of headache around this every year and um, it is about family and being around family and being at a different location than you're normally used to and setting boundaries with your family around the holidays. This is something that it can be a huge trigger for a lot of people, you know, able-bodied as well. Um, But in our situation, it can be something that can be devastating when there's not good boundaries set up. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to just get into this and how this applies to people with SCI, how this applies to us as caregivers uh, or partners to someone with a spinal cord injury. And we also wanted it to be, this podcast to be accessible to family that may be listening so that they can understand kind of where our heads are at um, and what we need during this holiday season. And hopefully they can expand their mindset a little bit and incorporate the needs of um couples like us into their mentality so that they can help instead of being something that stresses us out to put it bluntly. So I know we've both had, you know, experiences dealing with family over the holidays and it can be quite stressful. Um, And we've learned the hard way many times and we've seen how much being around family can trigger a lot of, of um, deep, deep, emotional wounds within us. And so we wanted to do this podcast and kind of discuss everything around families and boundaries and setting boundaries and keeping yourself on track so that you can handle the emotional ups and downs that may come from being around a family that may not be 
completely supportive or may not 100% listen to your needs or what you need, um, especially if you're in a different location. And this can apply for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know Thanksgiving is coming up very soon for our, for our U.S. folks. So yeah, we, we just wanted to get into this a little bit and just let you guys know that you're not alone when it comes to family and boundaries. Right, Elena? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a really, 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 really great episode, especially I think from a perspective of um, a lot of us after spinal cord injury, um, when we regain our new normal, so to speak, and we're back in our lives and we're doing the things that are seeming to look very successful from the outward point of view, you know, your partner has moved on with their injury. Maybe you've moved on and it looks like you guys have it all together. Um, I think that it's a very real thing to forget that spinal cord injury affects couples living with it every single day, day to day. There's always a situation. So I think from the outsider point of view, from families, from family perspective or friends perspective, you know, they think, well, you guys are doing amazing. Maybe you don't need that extra support and everybody just sort of carries on with their lives. And I think that that sometimes can sort of bump into you know, the, the things that we do have to deal with every single day, uh, when it comes to SCI. So once again, it sort of comes down to your energy preservation. I think, you know, we all have only so much that we can give to each other and, um, our families can sometimes, uh, you know, they're the people that are really honest because they have been around for so long. They are the truth tellers for the most point part where they will say whatever is on their minds. And sometimes that can be a little bit triggering and a little bit exhausting. And um, especially if your family's home is not set up for your partner with a disability, that can be a lot of, uh, a lot of stress as well. So, I mean, gosh, I don't know how, what was your last situation that you felt that you needed to sort of take a step back and, rethink about the way that you spend time with family or spend time away from your home that is completely accessible? Well, I think I've been really open about this in the past. Um, For us, it was at a point where um, with my partner's family, where we felt, and this was early on in his injury, and this kind of doesn't really have anything to do with the holidays. This is just about boundaries and doing what's right for you. Um, we learned very early on that because of the stress of the injury and the amount of emotional and physical stress that we were both under, um, just living <laughs> after such a dev- devastating injury like this, we learned that we didn't really have the capacity to be able to handle any drama um, any toxic relationships, um, any, I like to call them energy vampires that are unstable on their own. So they need to like suck you dry to feel good. And I feel like at the beginning stages of his injury, the first couple of years, we really, really realized these relationships that were like that, that were toxic or were draining. Um, they were brought to the surface and we were really seeing how toxic these relationships could be. And so we had to make a decision that if these things weren't going to change, we would have to put up a boundary, um, many different boundaries for our own mental health and for our own emotional health while 
you know, my partner was healing while I was healing. We just didn't have, I like to call it a cup. Um, our cups were both at 99.9% full with stuff that we were dealing with. And we had to basically say when those certain people are around or interacting with us, the cup overflows. And when you're trying to heal from an injury or you're trying to just live your daily life with how many stressors you already have in that cup, anything that overflows it, that continually makes it overflow is not worth um, having that situation as it is in our life. And so we just kind of had to make some very difficult decisions about, you know, keeping our stress at a level that we could actually function. Cause at the end of the day, it's about you and your own healing and that's all you have. And when it's impacting you in such a way that even boundaries don't need necessarily work, we had to kind of um, eliminate certain relationships from our life for, for the sake of our own mental and emotional health. And so, um, boundaries are extremely difficult to set and maintain. And I feel like you, your conditioning and your patterns of how you've been trained, especially with parents and grandparents, you've, you know, you've been trained your whole life to please them and to make them happy and to say yes and obey and don't make grandma upset or don't make mom upset or don't make dad upset. And so when you set a boundary for your own health and your partner's health, or he sets a boundary, your body will fight you back. You'll be like, oh, you'll feel guilty. Your parents will make you feel guilty. Your grandparents will make you feel guilty. I'm sure there's people out there listening that understand exactly what I'm talking about. Those feelings will arise where you're like, oh, I just set a boundary that makes me feel good. But now I feel guilty because my family thinks I'm this way or my family are guilt tripping me this way. Um, so yeah, basically the point of my story is it's really difficult to set boundaries, but it's so absolutely necessary. And it, it doesn't mean you have to eliminate negative people from your life. It just means that setting a boundary for your own health and sticking to it and just being like, no, this is what I need to feel healthy. I'm sorry if you don't understand, but this is my health that I'm concerned about. And I need to do this as much as you're guilt tripping me. It's not going to make a difference. And if you stick to that over time, it feels really, really good. It starts to feel good. Um, you don't, you're not making yourself feeling guilty anymore. You're not feeling those feelings of fear of the unknown of like, Oh my gosh, I've stepped into a place of like, this is so foreign to me because I've never really set boundaries before. And your mind fights you on that. And if you can get past that hump, then you'll start to feel this ease and peace and empowerment of like, wow, this feels so good doing what I need to stay healthy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's all part of self-care, right? Yeah. And and um, it's really- Well, you really know what important. it's like to, Elena, you know what it's like to be running on spare batteries all the time and just the slightest thing can send you over the edge, right? When you're stressed. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. And I think it's just realizing that. And the first piece to that, I think, is awareness. When you are running on spare batteries and you're sort of I mean, I can attest to this many for many, many years. This is something that I've done for a very long time where I have absolutely no time for anything else in my life except for taking care of the two important people in my lives, you know, always being there for both Dan and my mom. And it's it takes away so much from yourself. And the first important relationship that you have to establish is the one with yourself. Um, 
because that's where it's all starts. That is sort of like the groundwork of, of how you see other relationships and other people in your lives. And I think it took me a very long time to realize that just because somebody's family doesn't mean that you're the sacrificial lamb for all of their stuff. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be there for them and you're not going to love them because of course you will, you can love somebody and be there for them with um, a certain level of respect for yourself as well. So that is first and foremost, (laughs) the hard lesson I've learned. I'm still learning it. I'm a student of learning to establish a relationship with myself first. Um, And it's just, it's never ending. And I, you know, you want to do it out of of a place of love. It's not because, you know, saying, hey, I can't right now, or I can't see right now, or I can't be there right now is actually a service of love that you're giving somebody because then you're not falling into that state of resentment and that state of shame or guilt because that doesn't serve anybody. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, it can be a tough one. Last year, I spent Christmas Day completely alone. And um, I've shared this privately with a few people as to why that was on our on our private group. But sometimes that's what you have to do. You know, when your cup bubbles over, it's you have to do things for yourself. But don't let it get to that place where you're, you know, for me, I was so overwhelmed that I just needed to be alone. I needed to be completely alone. I couldn't just run around and do everything for everybody else. And I had been doing that for a long time. And I completely just had my breaking point where I just wanted to be with my dogs watching. I think I watched Soul, the cartoon, and just kind of like lay in my bed. But you don't want that to be the place that you're coming from. And to be honest, it's because I wasn't honest and I wasn't truthful with what I could and couldn't do. And my thing is always I can do it. So I'm going to do it. You know, I can do it. I can do it. It's fine. I can do it. Um, but you are taking away little pieces of yourself. I sort of saw it as a bit of a vision of, you know, if you're not truthful with your boundaries and you're not truthful with the things that you need, you sort of lose. It's almost like you lose puzzle pieces out of your own body. You have these little missing pieces and you can only function like that for so long, you know, function on your spare batteries for so long. And some families are not that easy to be truthful with. You know, you will get that pushback, right? Where, well, you should, or you need to do this, or, you know, whatever that looks like to you. And recently, you and I actually sort of echoed this episode over the holistic psychologist who had a beautiful post basically about, you know, how, how do you spend time with family while you're healing over the holidays? There's a lot of different personalities that come together in a a small space. And you want to spend time with these people because you love them and you're excited to see them. And uh, one of the posts that she had made, which totally resonates with me over the last few years, especially with Dan's injury and healing is how much time you spend if you sleep over and how you interact is for you to decide that means if you need to rest that's exactly what you do without giving anybody an explanation um taking a moment to walk away if you need without giving an explanation is totally okay too so again it's stepping out of that very old school archaic model of you need to suffer in order to have value Um, you need to, you know, work as hard as you can for everybody else until you have nothing left for yourself. Like that's not gonna, 
it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I've seen it time and time again with myself, with people in our community, and that is not the way it works. No. And let's, let's elaborate. Let's discuss more about this because I think the most stressful thing for any SCI couple, um, is finding accommodations that are suitable. And we all know the hell that can come from staying in a non-accessible place and having to sacrifice, you know, the, the routine or having to do the bowel routine differently and how valuable it is to have all our own equipment and our own, mm-hmm. you know, an accessible shower, whatever you need that is part of your routine that decreases the stress load as well. And when you don't have that, it's just an added layer of stress that people don't realize like, and, and again, I'm guilty of this people like, People don't know. They don't know because they don't see it. They don't or see because, it because you don't show them. <laughs> right. Or and because like they're they not the know. ones. Yeah. Or because they're, they're not the ones that are doing it. Right. They're not the ones that are yeah. helping transfer your partner in tiny little spaces. And they're not the ones that are getting the injuries. They're the ones that are sitting on the sidelines saying, oh, well, why don't you just do it this way? It's like, no, for us to do yeah. it this way means that we need to have the proper adapted equipment that is suitable for somebody to do this um we've seen you and i've seen this time and time again the horror videos of some of our women transferring their partners like in an accessible inaccessible hotel rooms or you know really wanting to go on that trip that is so desirable but then showing up and, and having to do these mickey mouse maneuvers and then getting injuries right yeah injuries that they're not not even covered for no yeah, or pressure sores. And that's the thing is like, nobody, none, nobody in our families, especially extended family that you're vi- maybe visiting during Thanksgiving or the holidays, ones that you may that may not know your day to day life, like the super, super close family members, who still, you know, like you were saying earlier, even the close ones don't understand you, they don't understand unless they've actually seen it multiple days in a row, which is very rare for, for family, right? Unless they live with you. So like these people, they just don't understand. And it's hard to explain it to them because I feel from my perspective, when you try and explain what you actually have to do, people get so overwhelmed when they're listening and they tune out because it's like almost like a protection mechanism for themselves. Like they don't really want to know because then they feel really bad. And that's what I feel. Like I feel like when with certain people, when I tell them our routine and all we have to do, they just, they, it's too much for them. They literally tune out. You can see their eyes going elsewhere. You can see them not paying attention because it's like, wow, you actually do this on a daily basis. I don't really want to know because it makes me feel really bad. It makes me feel guilty of what you have to go mm. through, even though for us, we're used to it, right? But I feel like that's the same with family. It's like they, they're just too overwhelmed themselves, so they just don't want to know. And so then when you're trying to figure out a place to stay, like let's say grandma or auntie invites you over and their house is not accessible, they don't have an accessible bathroom, and you're just like, okay, let's just figure it out. And it, it's totally fine. You can adapt. But that being said, there's always a trade-off. And that's, you know, family that are listening right now, when you adapt and say, it's okay, you know, this, we can do this instead of the bathroom, we can do the bowels in the bed, we can stay on this bed for one night, it's not a big issue. All of the steps to get to those places require an extreme amount of adaptability and stress. And so that on top of seeing family that you haven't seen and the energy around that and it's just, it's a lot for the nervous system to handle for anybody, even if you're not aware of it, you still would feel it, right? And so how do you, how do you, how would you say, like, let's just say, let's use a case study of like, Auntie Sue invites 
you and Dan over for Christmas Eve dinner and drinks. And she lives an hour away and you don't have money for a hotel or you don't want to drive home afterwards. So, so she wants you to stay there. And she's kind of saying, well, this may be granny's last Christmas. You should stay over and spend as much time <laughs> as possible. Um, but they don't have anything accessible and you're going to have to manually transfer him and you're going to have to skip the bowel day or you're going to have to plan it for another day. And you're going to be, have to be worried about accidents. How do you navigate that? Honest, (laughs) honestly, it depends on the level of inaccessibility. For example, like there is, that's a very uh, wide spectrum. I'm adding something. I'm adding something. (laughs) It's also very common. So to that point, also in the case study, there's four steps to get up the stairs and you've already voiced your concern against that. You've already said, well, there's stairs to get up. I really don't want to put them through that. It's so difficult up and down. You feel trapped. And, you know, auntie says, oh, there's going to be three or four of your cousins there. We'll just carry them <laughs> up and down the stairs. <laughs> that's, an, that's an addition to the story. <laughs> Thanks, Rook. So that changes everything. The stair thing is definitely a no-go for us. We've both discussed this and Dan does not feel comfortable having other people carrying him up the steps. Three or four steps is a big and deal. And that's common. Especially because A, um, your wheelchair is you, right? Like, like that's like part, not like, sorry, I shouldn't say your wheelchair is you, but I'm saying like your wheelchair is a part of your independence. So meaning that let's say people have had too many drinks and they want to start, Oh yeah, I'm the big tough guy. I can do this. I can do this like this. It's like, no, something hazardous could happen. Somebody can get hurt. The wheelchair could get damaged. And then what are you going to do for us? The holidays, you're not going to have a feasible chair until you get it fixed again. So you have to think about these other things in terms of independence and realistically I know that the stair thing is right away for us. It's like, nope, we're not going to do that. Um, On the other hand, it's always assessing for us. We always assess the level of inaccessibility. So whatever is comfortable for you personally is, you know, I mean, that's a very wide definition. If we can, if we can get into a bedroom and we can do a manual transfer, we'll probably do it. If it's just for one night, we will do that. And we'll just kind of roll with it. Um, we won't do it for more than two nights because, and yeah, usually like with the bell days, like we'll like schedule them, like the day that we leave, we'll do that. And when we get back, we'll do that. But the stair thing is definitely a no go. Like you don't want somebody messing around with that stuff. Um, and the dangerousness of it, like people don't understand, like you were saying drunk people, like I, I've seen my partner being carried upstairs and downstairs. And for me and him, we're kind of on edge the whole night wondering who is going to be sober enough to actually carry, to actually carry um, our partners back up the stairs. Like we're kind of like on edge about it. Like, Oh, who's, who's it going to be? And it's kind of like, yeah, it's not even worth it. No, no. And so, okay. So let's just say, and then do you, but did you ask for, do you ask for a ramp? Do you ask the aunt to put a ramp in so that you can get up the stairs? Like, what do you do? No. Like, do you just say <laughs> no? Yeah, we would just say no. I think we would just say no to avoid all of this because it's, we've seen it time and time again. I actually had an aunt invite us over recently. Um, she lives out of town, invite us over to her home and 
you know, she even said, oh, well, you know, our place is not accessible, but maybe we can all hang out in the backyard. I'm, and I'm thinking, well, it's like November. I don't think that we're going to be hanging out in the backyard or maybe we can get a piece of plywood, but it's always like so up in the air that I don't even want to have this conversation again. So in our heads right away, it's like, if your house is not set up, we're just going to say no right away because how awkward is it to be like, Hey, by the way, do you have that piece of plywood? Hey, by the way, did you figure that out yet? Right. And it's like, Oh, and then everybody's like, Oh, be careful. Dan and Lane are coming over and Oh, we have to make these special accommodations. And like that kind of stuff sometimes isn't worth it. When even like I have one of my closest friends, they have staircases up to uh, their house. And every single time I hate to say it, but I'm like, I'm really sorry. We can't come. No, we're going to have to pass. Sorry. We're going to have to pass. And I just say it very openly. I'm like, but your place is not accessible. Not even that. It's like, there's nowhere for Dan to go to the bathroom privately. Like he can't get into the bathroom to do his catheter. Like I don't want him. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Can all, all the people that are here right now, can you please leave to one side of the house? So my partner can, or like, well, he would say it. I wouldn't even say it for him, but it's not, it's not ideal. Avoid the awkward, go to the places that you can with the people that you feel comfortable with. There's so many other options. Sometimes that's just a sacrifice you have to make. And I don't even see it as a sacrifice anymore. Like I'm never like, boohoo, we couldn't go. It's not even like that anymore. It's more like our place is accessible. You're welcome to come here. Right. I don't know about you guys. And, um, I think, I think sort of touching base on, again, the holistic psychologist, one of the posts she made was not everybody's going to understand your healing. Don't expect them to. I think that is just sort of a space that you have to come to terms with as, you know, before I used to think like that when we first had the, when Dan had his injury was why doesn't everybody just like understand everybody needs to just get it. Like we went through something so terrible. They don't understand. Whereas now I'm like, I don't really want you to, I don't really, I don't expect anybody to understand. You're not living this life. I don't want them treating Dan awkwardly. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to be like, Hey, Dan, is everything perfect here for you? Oh my God, Dan's coming. Everybody watch out. You know, like that's not really what we want either. So we just try to avoid it. Yeah. Let's talk about the pushback for a second, because there is a phase where Let's just go back to that little case study for a second. Auntie, you're telling Auntie how you feel and that you can't go because of the stairs. And she's kind of given you a bunch of resistance, which I'm sure we've all come into this at some point in our journeys where you get the resistance and you get the, well, you're, you know, we can just do this or we could just do this or let me think about this and let's do this where they try and come up with solutions and none of the solutions are really what you need or none of them will, will work. And then you get into a place where you're kind of, starting to feel like you're the unreasonable one. Um, I know I've been there many times where, you know, they just want you to come and they're trying to do whatever it takes, but they don't understand. And then you're at the place where you're like, okay, I've told you so many times that isn't going to work. And so they're kind of implying that you're being a little bit rigid or unreasonable. How do you navigate that? Like, how do you get to a place where that doesn't bother you anymore because there are so many women on the private group where they're still kind of at that phase where they allow that in and they allow themselves to be guilt tripped and they think it's their problem. You know what I mean? It's kind of an mm-hmm. awkward phase to be in and it's something that we all have to navigate. 
Well, I think there are only two choices there. And it's either you go down the path of anger because you're getting that pushback and you're pushing back too, right? So there, there's not even room for negotiation at that point if you get if you get there. Or the other point is, the other way you can go is acceptance and saying, it's kind of like saying, I can't right now and expecting somebody just to say, okay, cool, that's fine another time, right? Anybody, if a friend calls you up and they have a conversation that they really need to talk to you about, but you're not in an emotionally stable enough place or you've got other things going on, and it's either you say, you know, I really can't right now. I'd love to support you another time. It's one of those things. It's like you have to lay down, I think, the boundaries. And I think the people that are meant to be in your life will respect that because it's really not about you. The pushback of them getting offended or upset that you can't do X, Y, Z is not about you. I think it's more about control. And I think that's this, a really good point. And in this life specifically... There is a lot of unpredictable situations that we cannot control. So you sort of come to terms with that. I don't know. I mean, it's practice. I'm not, I'm not by any means a perfectionist at this. This is just, just my own opinion for my own insights of things that we've learned in the last, I don't know how many years in the last almost six years. Right. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. You kind of just have to get to that place where you can let it roll off your shoulders, even if they're upset, even if they're guilt tripping you, it doesn't matter. You're still sticking with your truth. And to be honest, that's not just something, a good skill to have when you're in our situation as an SCI couple or caregiver. That's a good life skill to have because like you said, it's never really about you. It's always like people's reactions are always a reflection of their past behaviors and their beliefs and what they want to happen or how they feel inside. Um, if someone is a hundred percent okay with how things are and they don't need anything from you or they don't have any beliefs that, that you're triggering or anything, you know, as far as junk inside them that you're hitting when you're kind of telling them how you feel, they're, they're going to respond in a way that's like, okay, that's totally fine. That's fine. This has nothing to do with me either. And we'll just let you do what you need to do. That being said, that rarely happens in life. And so if you can get to a place where I know that's one of my huge life goals is like being able to get to a place where it doesn't matter what someone does. It doesn't matter what someone says. It doesn't matter even how you're feeling about what someone says. You're still at a place where you can observe it all and not react and just keep in alignment with what you believe and what you feel is right for you without a reaction. I mean, that's like huge. And these are the kind of skills we always talk about this in the private group where we're kind of given the opportunity very early on in life, especially with this injury, um, where we're put in these situations so often that you can really develop a lot of skills that most people take an entire lifetime to develop. And so i personally start seeing all of these situations, not as obstacles, but as little personal growth initiatives where you get stuff thrown at you and you can actually develop yourself in a way that not many people have the opportunity to. Um, Being less reactive, being more accommodating, being more loving, um, being more secure in yourself. These are all things that everybody wants to achieve, but we kind of get the opportunity on a daily basis to navigate the ups and downs of being human and come out stronger. Um, So yeah, I mean, 
that is kind of a really important point of this podcast is like getting to the place where you can navigate these situations that come up and be okay with people guilt tripping you. Um, People, you know, making you feel bad about not doing what they want you know, some people mm-hmm. even throw little tantrums, right? You have to be or okay big with ones. That. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially around the holidays when there's drinks yep. involved. Oh god. So I guess so I guess the whole point of this podcast is let let's just quickly before we wrap up talk about the point of this podcast, which is getting to a place within yourself where you feel confident navigating these situations that are in alignment with who you are instead of pleasing other people. Cause let's face it, women in general, they're people pleasers. I mean, there's a lot of people pleasers in the female community. Um, and learning to navigate around that is so important because you don't have to be a people pleaser. You don't have to be a people pleaser to be a caregiver. You, you have to be a well-rounded person to be a successful person. And so <clears throat> let's talk about preparing for the holidays and, what we do to keep ourselves centered in, in chaos, because a lot of this is chaos that happens. How do we keep ourselves centered? How do you keep yourself centered? Oh, um, taking lots of breaks, like take the little breaks that you need, honestly. Um, and that could also be like taking breaks for yourself, like from your partner too. I think it's really important. Um, who was it? The anxiety MD, Dr. Russell basically said this in one of our podcasts is how do you minimize the anxiety in your body and, you know, the alarm in your body, take, you know, take a two minute time out, go into another room, take a second, sit down quietly, have a cup of tea, uh, tell your partner, Hey, you know, for the next five minutes. I can't be disturbed. It's the same thing with family. I, I feel that even though you may not need to have any sort of explanation for why you should take a break, um, sometimes family doesn't understand that. And you do need to communicate and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk. I'll see you in half an hour and we'll continue. Um, I think that's really important because again, kind of circling back to the message from the beginning of the podcast is if you can't take care of yourself, then you will implode kind of like I did last Christmas and spent it alone. So, <laughs> um, you gotta, you gotta focus on yourself because you're no good to anybody else. If you can't pour from an empty cup and we say that all the time and it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, especially during the quote unquote stressful times of the year, which are typically holidays. Yeah. And the farther I go along in my journey with SCI and my journey with personal growth and spirituality and awareness, the, the more that I realize that it's the little things that make the biggest difference. I remember 10, 12 years ago where someone would tell me, oh, just take a five minute break or just go and do some breathing and reset yourself. And I just would be like, that won't make a shit of a difference. That's what I thought because I was more of like the extreme personality, like big changes or no changes. Like it was just kind of like that. But over the past two, three years, I've really realized that little things, the little changes, the little breaks, the little opportunities you can take, they really, really make a difference. So this is what I'm doing this year to prepare for the holidays um, because we are going, actually we're going to a different city 
And it's going to be stressful bringing, you know, it takes six hours to get there, all our equipment. Um, so it's more the stress of the travel that's going to be my my thing to navigate, which mm. is good. This is a good opportunity. It's good training. It's good Jedi training. Um, so <laughs> what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to make sure that I pack the car the night before, no matter how tired I am. Um, I have done both so in smart. the past. Yeah. I've done both in the past. And I remember the, the first time that I packed the car the night before. And this was on the advice of my husband. He was like, Brooke, let's pack the car. And I was like, no, I'm so tired. I just want to sit and not do that. I'll do it in the morning. Don't worry about it. He's like, Brooke, let's just do it. He's like, you'll thank me after. And so I was super resentful and just kind of like, fuck this. Like, I don't want to do this. It was eight o'clock at night. I was tired. Um, but I did it anyways. I forced myself to do it. I packed the Hoyer lift up. I packed our six bags, our medical supplies. I put it all in the car. Um, and I made sure that everything was lined up for the morning. And, uh, you know, I think it took me two and a half hours to do all of that. And so by the time I laid down, I was so tired that I was just like, uh, I'm way too tired. I shouldn't have done that. But then I woke up in the morning and Evan was like, aren't you so glad that you packed the car before? I'm like, oh my God, yes. So not only did that take, it was more stress in the evening, but then I had the whole night to sleep and reset my body did a little meditation before bed. That's time that you have to sleep actually does reset your body. And so I woke up in the morning and I was actually refreshed and not anxious about loading the car. So Mm -hmm. that little something was huge. So that's what I'm going to do again this year. Um, So smart. And then what I'm going to do instead of taking that time that I would have packed the car in the morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do a 20 minute yoga session and I'm going to do a 10 minute breathing session. And that kind of takes care of the physiological side of your body's stress because your body is a primal animal uh, trained physical mechanism that, you know, reply, it it responds to stress in its own way. So if you can do some belly breathing, some meditative breathing, some yoga nidra, where you actually are resetting your nervous system, I'm going to be doing a cold bath. A cold shower. A Wim cold Hoff shower with Wim, Wim Hof. Yeah. <laughs> Just go for a little swim in the lake in the ocean before you before you get into the car. <laughs> yeah. And then doing the yoga to reset your body and to get some nice stretches in before you're seated or before you have some some stressful driving to do. And those things, it's all about maintaining your routine and taking that time out and doing extra of what you normally would do. Like, let's just say you're a big meditator or let's just say you're a big exerciser. Make sure you do that during your holiday and don't just give up on that because you're at holidays because you'll feel it two weeks later, right? That's why they always say the the biggest time of going to the gym is is after the holidays because everyone's like, wow, I didn't go to the gym. I just took time off. Time off is important for sure, but it's also important to maintain your healthy routine so that you don't lose a lot of the progress that you've gained. Right. And that helps with stress relief, like, like working out and breathing and meditating, this is stress relief. And if you do this on top of the extra stress that you're enduring throughout the holidays, you will be balanced. You will achieve that balanced state. I mean, that's important to me and I know that's important to you. And so, um, Mm -hmm. that's what I'll be doing. I'll be maintaining my routine. I will be going out at our destination, we're going to Tofino. I will be jogging. I'll be doing whatever I can to get out into the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. Even if I don't too. feel like it. Yeah. Good for you. So, 
Well, I mean, it's important to get that balance. You know, when you're having more stress, you need to do more of the opposite to be to find that balance. So you need to mm-hmm. to force make that time for yourself. Kind of, yeah, it's important, it's, sure. and it makes all the difference in the world. Okay, well, well, my friend. So to wrap it up, what are we saying about the holidays and setting boundaries and spending time with the people you love the most? The takeaway here. <laughs> be unapologetic about it and don't be afraid because reactions mm-hmm. are people's reactions. They're not against you. They're against themselves. <laughs> reactions are their own conditioning. That's what they are. <laughs> yes. And so what did we say before we began this podcast? We were talking about this last week. Selfish is getting people to do what you want them to do equals trying to control other people. That's what selfishness is. But um, stay away from that. <laughs> That's all we can say is don't do that. <laughs> do the opposite of that. Do yourself. Let other people also take breaks from you because that is a very real thing. It goes both ways. Maybe people want to do their own thing and you have to respect that and you have to just roll with it without any explanation. And the holiday holiday season is a beautiful time of year, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, um, whether you celebrate another religious holiday or you're just here for the drinks and cookies just be kind to each other and once again thank you for spending this time with brooke and elena and we wish everybody a safe and beautiful holiday season yes if you need to contact us visit us online wagsofsci.com you can get us by email wagsofsci at gmail.com if you need any resources or books Um, or websites for navigating setting boundaries with your family or if you need any recommendations we're always there on the private group we're always available over email or direct message on Facebook or Instagram so make sure you touch base with us we can share a lot of resources with you and um, if you really are passionate about you know, making changes and doing something different than you normally have to make yourself happy and to make your situation better. We'd love to support you in that. We can provide some books for you. We can provide some tools for you. So um, anyone out there who needs support, we're always available. So email us anytime and we're there to support you. And yes, everybody have a safe and happy U.S. Thanksgiving um, and keep these tips in mind as you navigate the holiday season. We will be back next week for another episode we're going to be sharing some different cool episodes and some episodes that have been in the archives with uh, women in our community and so we have a lot to look forward to this holiday season a lot of good listening coming up so stay tuned and everybody have a safe week cheers